Welcome to the 301 Podcast, the interview podcast for the hottest up-and-coming entrepreneurs, artists, and creators. Real, authentic, and inspiring. And here is your host, Marcus Engel. Let's get it started in 301. Today we can welcome startup founder and traveler Franziska Spodik. Welcome to the 301 Podcast. Thank you so much for having me. And it's uh, really nice because uh, actually you're a recommendation of one of the previous guests of Alexander Mund. And uh, when we had the talk, even after the podcast, like it was really, um, we had after the podcast a quick talk and we talked about stuff. And he said yeah. like, I know someone, I think he would, she would be really, really, really good for this podcast. So big, big shout out to to Alexander for the yeah. making this happen and connecting us. Thank him for that, for sure. Exactly. But before we get into it um, and talk all up exciting topics, maybe it's a, a quick introduction from your side, uh, who you are and also what you do. Yeah, sure. So I'm Franzi uh, from Germany, very close to where you're from, actually, which is so funny in the south of Germany. Um, so connections there, exactly. which is awesome. The, the south um, connection. Yeah. And uh, then so I, I moved to Berlin to study business um, and quickly realized that the corporate world is not my kind of world that I want to pursue. So um, that's when I finally had an idea last year uh, of a company that I wanted to start. And that's why currently I'm receiving the Berlin Startup Scholarship to start my first startup. Exciting times for sure. <laughs> Super exciting times. And if you were go a little bit back in time, um, you were when you were really young, you had maybe all, well, maybe it was your first adventure. I don't know that yet, but uh, your first adventure and you traveled to the US and you did like an exchange there. Can you also yeah. describe a little bit like that process, like how it came to sure. be that you, that you ended up there yeah sure um so i remember i was like 12 or 13 and the guy who was living who was our neighbor he was going abroad to spain for a few weeks and i found it amazing and, and like he was living with a family there and that's when i told my mom i'm gonna do something like this like that was already when it was um insured it took a few more years until i was 16 then um but that's when i went with um Rotary to the US for a year to go to the high school there. Um, and yeah, honestly, it just set up everything of who I am and what I'm doing these days because, yeah, I mean, the American culture is still quite different from the German. So it opened up, uh, yeah, a lot of different aspects in myself and yeah so that's what mm -hmm. what happened there yeah because it's quite interesting because i think also like in in uh, other podcasts or like also in, in your introduction um in our introduction talk but also in the yeah. in the in the document that you sent to me uh, you said like this experience has changed my life like why 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 was that like why was it so such a life-changing experience yeah sure um so it was the first time i had a passport first time i went abroad for a longer time i did a ex like language exchange to the UK before, but that was only for like two weeks. So that was the first time crossing an entire ocean to be somewhere away from family, which I didn't see for a year. Um, and also just the fact of needing to start from scratch, like finding friends, understanding the local dynamics, um, just creating a home for myself there. Um, and also then obviously you're in a host family. So it means that you were like, you kind of got to get to know new family dynamics, which are nowhere the same. So this obviously took some time. And I think the biggest factor was um, the mentality of the Americans, because it's just like 
people are, for example, with what I'm doing right now, right? Um, the people from the US, they were all super encouraging of like, yeah, go girl, you get it and go for it. And here in Germany, the resonance was not nearly as great. Like people were saying, oh, so you're not going to do your master's? Are you sure? Like, um, you're not going to go this very straight line that you've already created for yourself, kind of? Because, like, obviously, I also already all worked a lot on the side when I was, like, a teeny and um, tried to get my experiences in. So my CV is, like, looking very good from a German perspective, but now I'm diverging from this very straight, nice line. Mm. Um, and that... I think that mentality from the U.S. was really ingrained in myself as well, which is why I'm so thankful for that experience, because over there, it's just so much more encouraged to really follow your individual dreams and, um, yeah, just to to do what you want to do. And no matter what, they will try to help you as much as they can. Um, in contrast here, there's more of this like set line that you should be following. And I think this kind of mentality um, really shaped me, um, mm. which is over there in contrast to here. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's super interesting. I was actually listening to a podcast uh, while I was uh, going here <laughs> to, to rework and um, it was a podcast of uh, Matze Hilscher and uh, Thilo Jung and okay. um, Thilo Jung, he um, also described this, this process of um, him going to the U S and um, basically like his whole, experience change and his whole like mindset and yeah, uh, it was sure. pretty similar like to to what you you're also saying and i think if i look at myself i think when i went to the to the netherlands i can also see a little bit like the, the parallels i mean it's i think still a little bit the same culture um, but i think the dutchies are way more like focused on like oh how do you feel like how's your like the yeah. personal development part and everything um, and that was so strange for me, like also like in the beginning, like the close contact to your to your academic deans or something like this, you know, <laughs> like um, in Germany, it's more like kind of a, you're like a number. And um, I mean, it's also getting better in Germany. We have to like yeah. also say that. Um, but I think it's, it's um, yeah, it's a big difference also like a little bit in this, um, in that part. But it, do you think um, it's um, only the culture thing like in the US that is so different or, or is it also something else? Like maybe also how the country is set up or... Uh, Mm, interesting. Yeah. So, I mean, if we compare, for example, the situations where I found myself in, um, I was in a very, very small village. There are only 3000 people living. Okay. And then there's also, maybe that could also actually be a fact that changed this whole thing because it's actually a college town. Um, and so there are 3000 people living there and then there are 3000 students. Um, and that obviously has an effect on the whole town um, as well. And, but it was in the middle of nowhere. Like it was worse than the little village that I grew up in the south of Germany because like the next biggest place was 45 minutes by car away. So you wouldn't do that super often, right? Mm. Um, and, but I think because of that, such a strong community was created in that little town. And then with half of the population being students, um, the mindset was probably very, very young. And then back then also people who were studying there were millennials who are very freedom driven and want their flexibility. So that could also reflect the whole atmosphere that I was walking in there. Um, I think what it was also just super cool because obviously most 
the of the time what I did there was going to the high school um, and school is just set up in a very different way there um, that you obviously have your subjects and your like curriculums and stuff but if people realize there that you have some kind of talent for something or you have an interest even only then they will try to help you like a friend of mine for example she was always interested in um, programming and she programmed a robot over there mm. um, I mean that wouldn't happen in a German school because there you just you go there you have your classes you go back home but there is a lot more of um, engaging with the students there are for example also a slot during the day where you just go to a room where you can do your homework, where you can engage with others, collaborate, maybe do the homework together, all these kinds of things. So I think the whole approach towards learning is quite different, um, though I must say that in that sense, I was probably also quite lucky being in that high school because the high schools in the US are um, funded by the counties. So yeah. depending on the income of the parents in that county, this is how much money the school will have in the end. And since obviously with the college being there, there are a lot of professors and deans and things like that, they get quite a good salary because the college there costs like more than $50,000 a year. So mm. there were good incomes for those people, which meant that the school also had good teachers and was at a high level that might be quite different um, in another county. So, yeah. Mm. Yeah, super, super interesting. And also when you came back, um, you then, um, I think, finished high school, but then you packed your backpack and you said, okay, yeah. I, want to, <laughs> I want to go traveling. Um, how, how does this... Um, maybe experience in the in the u.s um, compared to like you're traveling like have you ever like experienced something like this again or was every experience like different in in any country yeah uh it was definitely different um because there in the u.s i was in a host family i had a very like classic lifestyle let's say of like going to school during the day in the afternoon you would have your extracurriculars in the evening you would be with your host family so very kind of like normal life then with the travels backpacking around obviously every single day was different that was half a year of just backpacking around by myself um and i kind of like Uh, made it more and more difficult the more <laughs> months passed. So I started off in Thailand, so very classic backpacking country. Um, and then after three months, I went to um, South Africa. And after that, I went to Brazil and Costa Rica. So it's like kind of the classic backpacking countries to less classic backpacking countries. But um, that really just taught me a lot as well and made me definitely a lot stronger, specifically like in in Thailand, less so, or in um, Bali, for example, obviously also less. But in like the second half, I was usually always the youngest person in the in the hostels and stuff um, because that was just not very common for for younger people to go there themselves, or I didn't come across many. Mm. Um, and I think then that also just changed a bit of the whole yeah the whole experience for sure also just engaging with people who already maybe have finished their colleges and stuff um and then the next time when I lived abroad that was in Amsterdam uh where I did my internship so that was also a completely different lifestyle because I worked 
Um, so no more school, but working, no host family, but living. I live with two French people in a shared apartment. Um, so that was definitely different. And then after Amsterdam, I went to Singapore for a year um, and lived on campus there. So also very, very different. I think all yeah. those experiences I've made in terms of traveling were very, very different. But due to that, um, it shaped me every single time for sure. And what did you what did you learn about yourself? Like also maybe in a time while you were traveling, like backpacking, like was there any like real learning that you said like, oh, I didn't know that about myself? Um, I think it's a bit of this uh, fearlessness. Um, I, I really like, I think this whole, like everything was going so well, like nothing ever happened to me or so. And then you get a bit more, like you try out your boundaries, right? Um, so I remember that that that's when I realized, okay, I need to take a step back and realize, uh, think about again how I'm traveling because I was in Brazil and, okay, I'm quite stingier. It got a lot better, but back then I was still a classic Swabian girl trying to save as much money as possible. Also, since um, the backpacking trip, I afforded myself. So like I counted every penny. Um, And then I, I was in Rio de Janeiro, needed to go back to Sao Paulo, um, and I didn't want to pay a taxi from where I was to go to the bus station. So what I did is that I took the public transportation as far as I could take it, and then I needed to walk like 1.5 kilometers or something. And I had my phone out and the bus station. So I don't know if you probably know with Rio de Janeiro, it's like split up in like north and south. And the um, I think it's the south is the richer part the north is the like poorer part where you should be a bit more careful mm. um and so i crossed kind of that border and i walked along this highway and suddenly a homeless person like came in my direction and i had my phone on like so dumb i just had it out looking where i needed to go and he took it away from me wa wanting to run away but like i held on to it and was like wiggling <laughs> around and screaming oh my god like those four lanes they all stopped with their cars it was really a crazy experience um but then when i was sitting in the bus still had my phone um heartbeat really super high i was thinking damn i got like so um like I wasn't protective of myself anymore because things were going so well, like nothing ever happened. Even when I drove through the slums in South Africa, nothing happened that you then you, you start to just like go about things as if you're at home or something. And then sometimes you forget where you are. And um, I think this is something really that I, that I realized on the one hand of like you, you always need to evaluate of where you are and your surroundings. And you can translate that into many different aspects of life where mm. you just need to understand um, what kind of environment am I putting myself in right now and how should I behave due to that. Um, and the second thing is just, yeah, that backpacking trip was definitely the definition of tra um, trying out boundaries for sure. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. And still today, I think that that has stayed, which is why, uh, yeah, I, I, I like taking risk and just going for things and seeing if it works. And if it doesn't work, there's always another way out. So, yeah. yeah. And especially like, uh, I mean, the listeners, they're not seeing you, but you're a, a, a typical a blonde German girl, you know, so it's also like <laughs> <Yeah>. a, <laughs> even even uh, true. 
more alarming maybe in in a couple of countries yeah um but what what fascinates you like the most about traveling like what is it that um keeps you like um I mean, last week you were in Albania just for like yeah. a trip and like, what is it that um, always wants to like, that you want to keep like moving and going and traveling yeah. and yeah. seeing other cultures, countries? Yeah, I don't know why I have that bug that I always want to go somewhere. Um, but I think, and I've, I've thought about this a lot as well, because I really have such a strong craving towards exploring different cultures. And I think on the one hand, it is this thing of, understanding how other people are living but also what connects us like what is maybe the the thing that's stable all throughout the world for example the family is so super important or mm. or happiness everyone's looking for that or wanting to have like um being able to provide for your kids giving them a as good as you can education all these things really like connect us right but on the other hand i am of a strong believer that every culture is unique um, and that you can therefore learn something from every culture and i think that's why i like going around so much because on the one hand you can learn something you can recalibrate kind of how you are living your life and um what maybe it is is done better in other cultures than in your own. But on the other hand, you also become appreciative, obviously, with us having been born um, in the Western European cultures um, and maybe also specifically in in Germany. My, my family is like 100% German. Um, and obviously with that, it's, it's it, I obviously had it often easier um, than others. And to just come to appreciate that and to put it in front of your eyes again of saying, hey, I, I do have like, I, I am born in a bit of like a better situation, but that means that I should also, first of all, be grateful for that. And secondly, do something that can um, help other people um, probably or hopefully elevate um, their situations. Mm. Yeah, I think it's super interesting. And I think um, it might be also connected a little bit to the startup that you are founding. Yeah, you said like sure. that, that one year ago, you said uh, I had had an idea to have like a startup. Um, can you tell us a little bit uh, what startup you're founding currently and uh, sure. what you're trying to solve with the startup? Sure. Yeah. So we're called Social Bookers and we're a social directory for co-living spaces. For anyone who's not familiar with co-living spaces, I always explain it as like a combination of a bed and breakfast with a community and a co-working space. With that, it's targeted mainly to towards digital nomads or let's say location independent workers because many people actually don't like the term digital nomad um and what we're trying to do is that we want to solve the problem of loneliness um and that's something you know as as great as it sounds of how much i moved around that's something that i'm definitely um suffering is probably a strong word but something that um, I always struggled with a bit because if you're traveling alone, obviously there are many times where you're just alone. You always need to go out and about again to to connect with people. Sometimes I was just quite tired of it as well and was just staying in those hostels by myself because I didn't have really have the energy to approach people. Um, and yeah, so so that loneliness aspect is what we want to solve. And additionally, just that. 
Um, I did a lot of research on what's the feeling of home. Um, and if you're a digital nomad, you're moving around a lot. So how can you create a home um, wherever you are? And that's our vision that we want to help people to feel at home wherever they go. And therefore, we want to connect them to places that suit their interest. So with those co-living spaces, there are quite different forms. Um, and to help them find the best possible community that they could go to, uh, connect them with people as well as um, helping them find out more what's going on in the in the cities, not stay in their bubble and connect with locals. And then additionally, also to say we help you with navigating and understanding the local dynamics. So we're setting up partnerships, for example, with car sharing or food delivery because I mean, those things you usually find out quite quickly, but it's just nice to have it. Like you go to a place, you just see, okay, those are the go-to apps. I'm going to get them. Um, and then also have recommendations for like local restaurants or something. Because um, besides that fact of maybe needing to put a lot of research in so that you can feel like you are indulging um, in those environments, it's also a fact of um, research and time, right? Um, that you like on average, for example, it's that just for short term travel, that whole co-living and stuff is usually medium to long term. Um, you research about 10 to 12 hours. Uh, mm. So if you translate that into medium term, I actually just had a call this week. This guy is researching around 40 hours before he goes somewhere. That's a whole week worth of work that he is researching before he goes somewhere. Um, so that we want to just, yeah, fasten. Mm. And was that idea something that you um, came up um, also like in the in the terms of uh, you moved around so much, you have seen so many like different things, how people collaborate and was that maybe then like driven also by like, what am I missing um, yeah. during like, was that something that, for example, your time in Amsterdam or like your time in Singapore that you said like, this is uh, like that feeling of home, like, is that something that I'm missing? Was this yeah. like the driver for this idea? For sure. Um, in Singapore, that was the country where I felt at home the least um, and where I think I was also just quite tired of what I said, making those connections and just going out and about to to be a like good friend, kind of to engage with people, what you always need to do, because else like, you're out of the group very quickly, right? Um, so that was something that I definitely, um, didn't do so well in Singapore. Mm. Um, and that's when I then thought when also COVID hit and, um, I realized, yeah, with moving around so much in Berlin, my friend circle actually is not very big. It's quite the opposite. Um, and I was thinking, damn, am I the only one who like, who has, because many people have such a lifestyle of traveling around a lot and these things, but um, am I the only one who's not managing to keep up their friendships and connections or do other people feel like that as well? So I ran a survey and I actually got 250 responses, which was super amazing, um, which confirmed that, that people are missing connections and just like, yeah, feeling like they belong, feeling inclusive. Um, and that's when I then came up with the idea uh, to to start something like this and with the main goal to fight the loneliness, yeah. Mm. And what were then like your first steps? Um, like, I mean, have, mm -hmm. I have 10,000 ideas every day, yeah. but like, how did you then elevate it from like 
like when did you really like think oh maybe i'm onto something like i really want to invest time mm -hmm. into it because i think everyone has like those ideas and then but like how did you make it like actionable also for yeah. yourself yeah so maybe a bit of background um i started a podcast last year as well where i interviewed people from different cultures about exactly that uniqueness that i was talking about um and one of those people he's bulgarian and we became friends and he's also in that co-working space so we were hanging out um quite a bit and i told him of that idea and then he was like all right it doesn't sound bad to me, but um, why don't you just do some market research on it? So that's the first thing I did. I did um, qualitative as well as quantitative research. So besides that survey, I also read a lot of studies on what are the problems that remote workers are facing, which we see nowadays as well, a lot as well, right? Actually, the number one struggle for remote workers is loneliness and feeling disconnected. Um, so that was then there confirmed um and then what i did at first so we weren't focusing on co-living spaces um at first we were focusing on hostels because that's where i'm an expert kind of in right <laughs> so i think that's that's something um what helped me a lot that i I went about something that's very inclusive uh, or um, no inside driven yeah something that that's coming from inside and then looking into environment that i know very well and i think um that was actually the first idea i also had many ideas before but that was the first idea where i was really an expert in something and knew it at least one percent better than than a lot of people out there because i did it so much Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, and that's when I then thought about um, a friend uh, said just once really nicely. He's like, Franzi, nice. You just put all your problems in one product. And I'm thinking, yeah, actually, <laughs> this is exactly what I'm doing, putting the problems in one product and trying to solve them. So this is how I went about how could the product look? What what would I want if I am traveling and looking for connections? What would I want to know? Um, and this is how the product then came to be. Um, and then so at first it was actually a marketplace or so something similar to, to Hostel World, for example. Um, so obviously then look at Hostel World, Booking.com and these things to see what our competitors doing towards that, realizing that there is a gap. Um, and with that idea, I then applied for the scholarship. Mm. Super nice. Yeah, so definitely market research was like the the first very big thing. Um, yeah. Mm, to also validate a little bit <laughs> if there's a demand for, for that product. And yeah. if, if we would make it like a little bit clear, because um, I'm, I'm not sure if it's maybe clear for, for all the listeners, like what you do, because I think the idea is quite quite nice but if we make it a, like a little bit more clear in an example for example for for my case i want to go to mm -hmm. la i'm interested like i have a podcast i'm interested in entrepreneurship like what what would you do and like how what services would you provide for example for mm -hmm. me like yeah so we are actually um having a subscription so at first you would need to subscribe um because we are like providing inside information and also just the whole community aspect and also discounts on those car sharing and things like that so once you have the subscription though you for example type in 
um, on our tab of find a home, you type in um, Los Angeles, USA, and then you will see three buttons where it says that either you want to find a place, people or perks. Um, And for place, you will then have a list and we are working on um, in the future, hopefully an algorithm that just matches you with the profile that you have. So that's also something you need to fill out Um, a bit of background about yourself. For example, that you do podcasting, that you're um, interested in entrepreneurship, these kinds of things. Um, Because once the platform is bigger, we are hoping to, match users to the right places depending on what users are there um like usually like what is the demographic of the users in those different places but for now there are going to be different filters where you can then say okay i want to have a very tight community i want it to be that there's like a bit of a hustle mode um because you you enjoy working and you want to be surrounded by those people so i'm just giving examples um then maybe the party should be rather low or medium maybe who knows um and then you could say okay i i also maybe on the weekend want to try out surfing so um the beach distance should be rather low um that the that there should be activities given and what kind of activities if there is like yoga in the morning or something like that so Mm. there are very lots of different filters that are mainly driven though by the atmosphere like what can you expect when you go there so that you can really like you think about what kind of daily life do i want to have and then you put this into the filter and with that it will then show you the best ranked options that would fit for you um and then for the people aspect you are able to see what kind of meetups there are we're going to set up an ambassador system with people um around there so that we can for for example um encourage going to those local events but also just having like a friday beer or something or wanting to go to a cafe working with someone together so that's like the the people part um and the perks part is that we like i said set up partnerships with different um gym memberships car sharing or obviously restaurants and stuff mm. i'm yeah. i'm signed up i'm sold <laughs> <laughs> let's go <laughs> oh that would be amazing um why do you think there's uh, such a big demand in 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 co-living is is that like a typical impatient millennial thing i wanted uh, now i want it fast mm. I think that the co-living is also something like I explain often to the co-living spaces that basically what we're doing is what the co-living spaces are doing on the ground Um, because they're also obviously working on having a community. There are often our community facilitators or community managers in the houses helping to connect the people and, and create a like yeah also fight that loneliness for example um and the cool thing just about co-living is that it's really targeted towards people who are working and traveling so with that um every space is quite almost 100% ensuring that you will have a good Wi-Fi, um, that you will have a working space in one form or another, if it's in-house or externally. Um, So really helping to connect you to an environment that's of people who are in a similar situation um, and 
yeah, just making a life easy for you that you do not need to get an Airbnb. And then first thing you get to see is, okay, I don't maybe want to sit at home all the time alone working there. So which cafe offers good Wi-Fi or which co-working space offers a pass that I could use for the time I'm there, but rather just make it very easy and convenient for medium to long-term stays for those workers. Mm. And you also founded the, the the startup in the like in in the middle of a, of a global pandemic. Yeah. Um, did you feel that it was like more difficult for you uh, now to to found something or? I mean, of course, it's your first uh, startup, so you don't mm -hmm. may maybe have like a lot of startup experience. But did you feel like that there was like some certain like more more difficult or like maybe more blockers in the way because of the pandemic? Um, I think in general to found something right now is the time because I think you have so much time on your hand. That's also why I started the podcast back then because I just realized okay, I have my few hours back then. I was still uh, at uni, had my courses. And I, and I realized, damn, I have so much time. Like, what am I going to do with that time? I, I don't just want to sit around at home and watch Netflix all day. So that's where I then started to like really schedule my day, become more productive. And that's where, that's why I think right now is the time to do, to do those things because you just have no distractions. There's not like, If you're if you're founding in like let's say pre or post COVID times, there will be events again, and there will be birthdays, mm. and there will be meetups in I don't know going to a flea market together, giving a really banal example. But um, those will be moments where you will need to say, "Hey, I'm sorry, I have to work." Right mm. now, there is not the possibility to say, "Hey, I'm sorry," and I, that you then maybe have a bit of a FOMO feeling or something because there is no FOMO right now. So that's why I think this is the perfect time in general to found. Though, since I'm in hospitality, there are obviously restrictions. So some things that I would like to test, I can't test at the moment. Like for example, we want to have a schedule for those different spaces of what activities are happening. Right now, there are not really any events or something um, happening because they're not allowed to, to create something like this, or at least not officially. Um, so there won't be any schedule. So these things I can test out of how important is this feature, for example, or um, yeah, what is the dynamic like in, let's say, normal times, right? COVID's not going to stay forever, hopefully. Mm. <laughs> And <laughs> so crossed. I think that's like with the hospitality, that's a bit different. Um, and then also finding the product market fit, um, because that's something that we will get into now. But Obviously, digital nomads are often hardcore travelers, so they're still traveling around now, but they're quite, I'm quite sure, traveling in a bit of a different way due to those restrictions. Mm. Um, so I think that's also something where we're putting ourselves a bit of a, where we have a stone in the way. But I'm, I don't know, I'm, I'm confident that we will find a solution, but definitely in terms of founding in general, very pro, this is the best time to do it. In terms of hospitality, maybe not the easiest industry to start something in so mm. yeah and did you feel that it was kind of like um exactly what what we need because of course like the pandemic also um yeah distances people from each mm -hmm. other like uh, it's everything is a little bit more everyone on their own is that a little bit like um like let's say maybe a double reason to to double down on it and um like really yeah. invest something into it or would you have done it anyways 
Um, that's a very good question. I think I would have come up with that idea probably anyways, but a lot later. Um, like, cause then I would have only finished my bachelor thesis, like one and a half months ago, probably would have gotten the job at first and maybe in a year or so realized that, Hey, um, there are lots of remote workers out there and there is this problem that, that I know very well. Um, so it could be that I would have come up with it in any case, um, though the severity obviously right now is very like clear, right? Um, and just for like remote workers, um, it's like if you're working from home um, and maybe you're living alone, you realize very strongly right now of how important connections to people are. Um, so definitely with that, it's it came very clear in my mind, but I think it would have still come up um, at some point because I don't think remote work will will go away. I mean, there are so many companies changing to either hybrid or remote first models. So um, it will be something that many, many companies will have to work on as well. Yeah, definitely. I also think so. And now you're one year in uh, founding, like what would you say was your most valuable lesson so far? most valuable lesson um to to find co-founders that you actually know really well um because so the the idea at first originated from myself then getting that scholarship i was told that i need to find um co-founders and because i only had i think two weeks left until the application needed to be handed in um, I did a bit of a crazy thing of just messaging tons of people on LinkedIn <laughs> um, and asked them if they would be interested in having such a scholarship and starting something with me. But obviously with that, there was no time for us to get to know each other. Um, and obviously that resulted in problems. Um, so I think a very valuable lesson for me is that if I would start something ever again and I'm not going to do it alone, then either um there needs to be a time of getting to know each other and and setting like a ground based relationship let's say or um it needs to be a friend that i already know for quite some time so i think that is the most valuable lesson yeah mm. and and what are you maybe going from the from the lesson to to the the proudest moment like what are you most proud of so far what you have achieved that the scholarship, it uh, for sure, because um, I literally only applied to that one, and I and I got it, so that was very very cool. Nice. Um, and I think I'm also, in that sense, I could say I'm proud of myself as well, because I get often very good feedback from people that they like my energy and like my drive um towards creating something and i think this is also a characteristic which is quite important for an entrepreneur um and that's why i'm happy that it's being confirmed um because you need to have lots of energy and you need to be motivated because there will be so many ups and downs and very hard downs and it's just so much work as well like for example when i was traveling there we were gone for two months and i think three out of those eight weekends um i worked saturday and sunday um yeah. so yeah it's just a lot of time that you're putting in but i'm i'm happy that people 
um, don't think, oh, is she is she right for this? But rather give me a bit of a confirmation. So that's definitely strengthening. Yeah. Mm. And and you just said uh, quite interesting. Like there are a lot of like up and downs. Uh, also before you said like I like to to take risks. Um, and I think with uh, taking a lot of risk, there's also yeah. like a, a high risk of also like failing. Yeah. Um, how do you deal with like those kind of? Um, how do you cope with those kind of like feelings of like failing? Maybe also insecurity, self doubt. Is is mm -hmm. that something that you like um, are busy with in your head? Um, these days, actually, a lot. Because uh, I'm looking for funding again, uh, for funding again, because the scholarships are running out next month, um, and since we haven't launched a product yet, there is no numbers in regards to traction, adaption, retention, all these kinds of things. Um, so with that, like I think I've I've had like 20 calls with angel investors and a few VCs and stuff, and then specifically the VCs, they all say you're in a too early stage for us to consider you come back um in a later stage when you have numbers so that's where um and then regarding the business model and stuff they're sometimes questioning these things so then you start to question your whole idea as well like am i on the right track did i maybe wiggle my way into something that i should diverge from now again so there's like I don't know, it's always on my mind now. Like the whole mm. product is always on my mind and I'm always thinking of how can I make it better and are we on the right track, re-evaluating these kinds of things. Um, and now with obviously things not going just like a straight way and having like a few yeses to continue this thing, um, it's a bit of a time of, of doubt for sure. Though um, a friend of my boyfriend's, she uh, like before we went on the travel, she was also asking how things are going. And that was also a mini time of things where it was a bit down. And she was like, always, if you're questioning, just think about your vision of what do you want to create? And my mm -hmm. vision is so clear because I know that the problem exists and that therefore this whole connection and feeling, feeling grounded, feeling like you belong somewhere is just so super important that's really what I'm always putting in my mind now. Like I have really her voice in, in my head where she just says, think about the long run. So, yeah. yeah. Do you also think that you perform the best when it, when it's a little bit um, bl blurry? Because like you, I don't know, in every talk that, that I listen to or that mm -hmm. we talk personally, you said like, I like to put myself in the unknown. I like to, to challenge myself. I like to, to, to explore my boundaries. Like yeah. it sometimes, seems a little bit like that you also like perform the best when uh, you have this kind of uncertainty and this kind of um like unclarity and blurry vision yeah. that you'd say like okay i just have to throw myself into it and then it will work out somehow yeah i think uh it's definitely affecting i think if you're really on like a really like a very low ground and you had a hard hit um, then you're probably not performing the best because you have in your mind those doubts. Though I think if you're a bit in this like uh, lower state, let's say, and it's not going all super well, it forces you to reflect. And reflecting is something that is just so super, super important. Um, and I think therefore, if you're reflecting and if you're thinking a lot, and especially if you're a bit pressured, um, then it it makes you work better. Um, though, actually, I've watched this um, 
series on Netflix. It's like called Hundred Humans. They do like different tests with humans. And they also did the test with um, what is actually more helpful, being encouraging or being discouraging. Mm. And actually being encouraging um, makes you um, progress a lot better. So I guess technically, if you are a bit in like a better state and people are encouraging, then you perform better. Um, I like having pressure, though. Um, I like having a bit of this this uncertainty and, and knowing I need to wiggle my way out. Because when once I have wiggled my way out, then you breathe a bit, right? Then you slow down. But mm. right now, I'm just trying to get it out there. So, yeah. yeah. No, I find that so interesting. Also, like, uh, I mean, talking to different founders and everything. And then just finding out how people are wired. And for me, like, you really struck me as a person. is like that you also kind of like this this uh, struggle a, li a little bit. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Maybe a little bit too much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but not too much. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, uh, what I also found really interesting, um, we talked uh, now a couple of times about it, is uh, exploring boundaries or exploring your mm -hmm. boundaries. Um, have you have you found, um, maybe not all of them, but have you found some of your boundaries already where you can see like, okay, until here, but 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 not further? Mm -hmm. um, so what I learned now in the last year, specifically with COVID, is this whole friendship thing um like i know having friends and um yeah just having very good relationships where the people are friends is just super important and i have definitely not been the best friend in the last years because i've been traveling so much with that often like yeah uh i remember when i was going i was going on a lot of weekend trips as well w during the semester so there were sometimes parties happening and i was invited but then i can't obviously needed to cancel because i had a weekend trip planned um so that's something that definitely where i realized now okay i i hit the boundary of wanting to go somewhere once a month um, because that's where I realized this is just too much because then I can't form any close relationships. Um, mm. And yeah, so that's something where I want to actually go a bit in the opposite direction and say, okay, um, maybe I'm not going to do those weekend trips anymore and just doing a few months or something and therefore being at a place for longer where I can form closer relationships um, so yeah, that's where I hit my boundary and now with COVID, it obviously clarified of what situation I'm finding myself in. So, yeah. Mm. But did it also then, um, help you like defining a little bit the, the product, like the, the value proposition also more of the product? Maybe it's, it's very interesting what you say, because I, I didn't view it from that point, but maybe because. I, I came back to Germany. I'm back in Berlin, realizing I actually don't have like my group kind of or something. I have like very scattered, a few friendships here and there. Um, maybe that's something where I realized I'm missing out on that deep mm. connection. Yeah. No. Yeah, and it's also a little bit driven by 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 COVID as, as well, right? Um, because I yeah. had a similar I mean, discussion with my my girlfriend recently to say like, yeah. yeah, I don't know, it's like you don't really have this kind of group, and this is because also it's not really possible, it's right? Possible. It's, yeah. yeah, yeah, definitely. If it wouldn't have been for COVID. Uh, I would have done like a few meetups or go to yoga or for example, in those, in the co-working space where I'm in, there are usually a lot of events. Um, so I would have definitely joined those events. 
Um, and I think with that, the situation would look obviously very different. Um, but you can't do that right now. So I know it's, it's going to come again, but it's just something where then obviously reflected again and looked into last at the last years and realized, hey, this is something where I need to, um, well, in Germany, you say you need to hold, take your own nose, right? Um, <laughs> and hold yourself accountable. And I just realized that I haven't been the best uh, friend. Yeah, that's mm. for sure. But it was a nice realization, right? Or like, uh, maybe not a nice realization, but like a good realization also to, to reflect on that, right? Because I think this yeah. is maybe also a little bit, maybe um, like a problem of our generation that like the whole... Uh, the world is our friend and we can just uh, travel around and do whatever that this is also like maybe like the the flip side of uh, because everything has a flip side right like and yes, i think the flip exactly. side is exactly this of if you move around too much that can also mean that when you're <laughs> i don't yeah. know 45 or 50 uh, that you maybe don't have like your friends group around you or you don't have uh, maybe you have a lot of friends around the world but uh, yeah, exactly. it's not such a deep connection as maybe uh, you have like um, I mean, sometimes you find your life friend on traveling as well, but uh, this is also like really, really rare, yeah. I think. There's always a price to pay, that's for sure. Um, to everything good that comes, something bad, right? Um, so that's for sure. Yeah, agreed. <laughs> Super nice. And um, if you talk also like a little bit about future, like um, what does the future look like for you? Like what are the next uh, big projects that you want to work on? Yeah, so now we need to find the product market fit. So we need to get the beta version out, do lots of user testing, getting feedback in, um, and then obviously getting funding so that we can continue this whole project. Um, yeah, so those are the, the next big steps. Yeah. Mm. Super exciting. Um, I think I slowly want to bring um, home the, the podcast. I think it was super, super exciting to, <laughs> to yeah, get to know you. Thank you so much. It was fun. I think um, for me, like the, the the three words, I think that uh, I wrote down is like a boundary uh, exploring and challenging. I think those were a little bit mm -hmm. like the, the let's say the common theme in, in this podcast, which I found uh, super interesting. Um, so thank you for that. Before we leave, leave off, um, I always have three final questions and I ask this to every guest. All right. um, so I'm curious about your answers. Uh, the first question is, what are you not very good at right now and you want to become better at? Being a good friend. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. That was an easy one. Um, uh, what uh, title would you give this chapter of your life? Um, yeah, exploring, probably. Exploring. Yeah. yeah. There we go. And the last question, um, if you could send an SMS to all mobile phones in the world, what would you say? Mm, what would I say if I could send an SMS? To, to find your purpose and to uh, to follow up on it. Find like your to, purpose. Um, or would that, would that, that sentence make sense? Basically, everyone has like something that they're driven by and that they should not leave it on the side just because maybe it's not the way to go in many people's minds, but mm. therefore to... Yeah, I mean, it's it's such a, like, random sentence, but many people are <laughs> using, but, like, basically to follow your dreams, like, right, mm. to not um, let yourself be discouraged by other people's opinions. Mm. Super nice. The SMS is sent. <laughs> the podcast is coming to an end. <laughs> nice. Thank you so much. Thank you so yeah, much for being part of the so podcast. Well. It was fun. Cool. Right. Thanks. <laughs>